Marketing Made Easy, the podcast. Now here are your hosts from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Marketing Made Easy from the Get Savvy Club. Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. <laughs> Anita, <laughs> Anita what? I don't know why I went to say I think I went to say it the wrong way around, like win bold, I don't know. Anyway, and Anita Baldwin here. How are you doing Anita? Good, luckily I've been called way worse. Yeah, then world, world bin, world bin, world bin. That's obviously what I was trying to say. Yeah, I need a world bin. This is guest episode with a guy called um, Patrick Shaw. Yeah, really interesting story. When we get into it, you'll you'll hear about him and sort of how he came to have the business that he's got now. Uh, not the normal route whatsoever, but obviously made tons of money in network marketing and then decided that he could create this thing to help network marketers, which is a massive, not just network obviously marketers, but coaches or whatever. Extremely modest, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I just did this and then I did that. Oh, yeah, because there's so much, like, imagine that's such a massive industry to create something that can help those people on that scale and where you even start from. Anytime Particularly as a know. non-techie. Yeah. Which he seven, obviously was, four, yeah. Yeah, seven to people. Have a listen to what he has to say and uh, what a phenomenal business idea to bring it into fruition. Let's get into it. it. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review, and subscribe. I live in Denver, Colorado. I am um, married for 20-some years, and I am the founder and CEO of a company called Rapid Funnel. We help people to prospect and follow up more effectively. Uh, Basically, I had a large sales organization, the insurance network marketing space, and I was struggling with all the technology that was out there and helping our group to more effectively build their businesses. So we started building technology to solve that problem. And, and then that became the business. And so somehow I got into the tech space. I can't read a line of code, but we have about 70 people in nine countries around the world and building a completely remote team. And so it's been a very steep learning curve, but it's exciting and we're having a blast. And we can uh, testify that Patrick is no good at tech because when we first <laughs> when we first jumped right. on, we, we just saw like uh, he was just recording his, uh, what was it anyway? Was it a cup of tea or something? It was your desk, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just your desk. Yeah, he hadn't sorted yes. out his uh, well, cameras. I do have a couple yeah. of cameras, so I'm yeah. really fancy. If I could use it all, it would be impressive. All the gear, no idea. A little bit like <laughs> so that. So that, that you make it sound like it was really easy building that business, but it sounds massively impressive. So where did that light bulb moment come where you went, do you know what, we could automate this? Any organization that has a lot of people that are out in the field and they should be telling the company's story, all this technology is built for a one-dimensional approach. It's like built for the Kardashians. It's great if you're trying to communicate to 10,000 people, you sign up for SurveyMonkey and you write surveys and they're really beautiful and you post them to social and you generate leads or you sign up for a CRM or constant contact and you write your own email campaigns. But the average person in the field trying to tell a story or sell a product, they can't do all that. They're not digital marketers. They need all these tools under one umbrella that are already pre-designed for them. Yes, it's personal, but it's already pre-built. And so I got so frustrated with people coming to me and saying, oh, I signed up for SurveyMonkey and I'm posting these things and it's working really well. And it does work, but it doesn't work to build a large team of people because I can't get everybody to go spend 500 bucks a month, sign up for three different platforms 
and create their own stuff. I got very frustrated and I was just trying to solve a problem. I mean, that, I, I wasn't trying to build a SaaS company or a platform business or any of that. I was just trying to solve a problem. And and then other companies started asking and wanting access and all of that. So that was that. And you just, you know, get up and you execute every day and you try to yeah. solve a problem. So who is your ideal client then? If we were to say to you like, okay, who do you want more of? Who, who can you really help and serve? It, it's oddly enough, it's coaches. What we've evolved into is two groups. One is is network marketing companies, leaders, like big income earners in network marketing that are trying to solve the same problem I had or enterprise customers. Or the third category is coaches who are in a very specific vertical that are teaching other people how to sell in that vertical. Like we have the notary coach. And this is a guy, he was a notary and he did really well. And then he thought, well, I could be a notary coach. And his name's Bill Soroka. And he has written several books and he has a podcast of his own. And he's a really awesome guy. And he just teaches people all over the country how to be notaries. So he just teaches them how to do that, mm. how, to, oh, cool. how to do that properly, right? And um, So what do you, I'm, I'm not a techie person. So what do you actually give him then? What does he get? So he has great content. He knows how he would write an email campaign to approach people that don't need a notary right now, but might need it later. Or how to put a survey out there that that he would post to social if he were a notary. He's been through all this. Here's how I would post it. Here's what it would say. So he creates all the content. He loads it into our platform. It's personalized to his brand. So now they're downloading his notary app. It's called Tom, the Tom app. It stands for something I can't remember. He, so has he already then, got that app or you've developed that app? He, for him? I, we develop all the tech. He has okay. all the content. He turns around and sells it to his audience. Yeah. It's about 150 bucks a month. They download the app and every one of these tools is personalized to that user. They had to do nothing. Mm-hmm. All their social feeds, their picture, their email, their phone is on every capture page survey. It's like they created all of it themselves, but they had the superstar behind them, Bill, who created it all for them. And then Bill is selling them access and they have all the data and tracking and analytics as an individual app user. So it's kind of like having a CRM survey email campaign all rolled into one personalized to you at one hundredth of what it would have cost you had you tried to do any of this on your yeah. own so it's more yeah. like the coaches coaches thing if that that's makes right. sense and yeah so someone that's like is really great at what they do and then they've got people saying help me i want yeah. to get to your level and they're like they go pay yeah, me to have, it's, have all yeah. That. And it's a hard explanation right because there's yeah. these multi-tiers so not just a coach but yeah, our, coach, ours coach is, is the coach, coach who yeah. wants to create more monthly recurring revenue they're tired of the brand of you, you know, Tony Robbins, he can't sell his business. He's very, he's done very well. He's stud, blah, blah, blah. He can't sell his business for much though, because it's the brand of it's Tony. Him, yeah, yeah. Like what, like I can't buy his book of business and go, I'm going to coach instead of Tony. Hey I'm guys, don't worry. I'll do really well. They're like, yeah. nah, I think I'll just. But so luckily good. for him, he's got a few quid. Yeah. Yeah. He's got <laughs> doing all right. Let's not worry about him. But the average coach, right? They're the brand of them. You're right. The brand like of us, Get Savvy Club is Anna and I. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can find a way to create so much value that's beyond, you get them in the door, your coaching brings them in. But now the coaches have found a way to extend that value proposition. Yeah. I can see why that worked really, really well for network marketing then. Because really, when you've got a top leader, if you could just 
somehow get everybody that comes in after them to um you know give them a head start you know this yeah. is like hey, hey this is all the, <laughs> this is all the things i've learned this is what I, I know what works stick to it as well please don't go off here there and everywhere it's everything you need all in one place and just follow 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 yeah i can see how that would like really a big work. download wow. of everything you've learned along the way that works yeah you guys are a good combo you've been friends for a long time we've known each other for years I mean, we've been doing this to get we've been going three years next three years month. We're just yeah. talking about it. We need to have uh, a celebration. Awesome. So when yeah. did you start your business then? Well, how long has this been going? So I, I was in network marketing for 20-some years. This business has been seven uh, years since, you know, kind of we really started selling anything. So you don't do the network marketing anymore? You just do this? I don't, yeah. No, this has become the full-time. <laughs> and is it global? It's, it's plenty. I'm yeah. good. You sell outside of America as well? It's oh, yeah. We're in 20 different languages, the platform. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I can't even imagine what that must be like trying to organize all that to make it in all different languages and make it all the tech work. But like you said, you got you've had do you say seventy people? Seventy people, yeah. 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 You know, one thing I was just fun because I was just on this call and we were talking about we have this concept in the company called innovation on the fringes. And every person in the company creates their own rock, which is basically just a goal, something that they can take five or fifteen percent of their time each quarter. And they come up with the idea. Sometimes they co-create with the leader of their department. But I was just telling the team, it's astonishing to me. We call it innovation on the fringes. Like they're frontline with the customer and they come up with so many extraordinary ideas. And it's 70 people every quarter. It's 280 rocks a quarter. And we actually pay them bonuses creating a great rock, not on executing. Mm. Because part of our process is they review it and they read it out to their team each week. This is what I'm working on. Here's the progress I made. Mm -hmm. Here are my milestones. And I was just on a previous call and it's just, it's incredible how fast we've grown as an organization because the ownership has been taken on the front lines. Every person saying, hey, I think I can make this better. Here's my rock for the quarter. It's not their job. It's this side thing. I mean, it is what they do, but it's this five or 10 or 15% thing that they do that they own that they yeah. said, I can help make the company better. It's great it's management because so cool. you, you get people to actually care because they're having, they're always thinking about ideas because they're valued for their ideas instead of just like, no, just crack on with your, your nine to five and, you know, yeah. shut up. Yeah. When I worked at a place, I created the suggestions box, right? There weren't one, so I made one. <laughs> I used to say, like, right, everyone's, you know, suggestions, but hardly anyone would put any suggestions in them. But, and I would put suggestions in them and then, like, go, oh, there's something in the suggestion box. But mostly just got ignored, obviously. But then I used to just do things myself anyway and go, well, look, I'm just implementing this. But a lot of businesses don't want that, do they? They want you to just follow. I think it's a lot better now. It's a lot better now in this day and age that we live in that actually if you work somewhere, you're cared about more and your ideas are... I don't know that it is. Something. I think that's still I think a it massive is, new it is shifting innovative. More. They do want to hear more from them. And you hear companies okay. like, you yeah. know, Google, you're supposed to give... Is it Google or I don't know, one of those big companies where, you know, you're allowed to put... 20% of your time on new innovations, like you've been saying, and, and things like that. But I, particularly in the UK, I don't hear of it from many UK companies. No, yeah. reality is they just want to work really hard. <laughs> That's why they have all the fun stuff in the offices to get them to stay there for more time at work in the in the working environment, the better. It's amazing how remote, right, post-COVID, all this, it's amazing to me how things are changing. And you, you guys probably have a pretty good perspective on that talking to so many different people mm -hmm. how it's working 
for some organizations and some organizations are struggling. I'd love your perspective on this, but the more control-oriented organizations that are struggling with the transition in the organizations that had better cultures, more independence internally are probably doing better in yeah. this post-COVID remote, you know, distributed team kind of world. Yeah. If you set the bar high, people will rise up to it, don't they? And years ago, I um, was running a department in corporate and I said to my boss, I'll be late in tomorrow, I've got the dentist. And he just went to me, you don't need to tell me, just come in when you want, go when you want. And as long as you're doing your job, which you do, I'm not bothered. And since he said that to me, I probably worked harder than if he'd gone, well, you need to make up the time, Anita, and, you know, all of that. Yeah, right. And so people that just put a bit of trust into you and treat you like a grown-up, you actually will step up and work even harder, won't you? But lots of companies just don't get that yet. I would like to know, Patrick, because you've said 27 years in network marketing. We have quite a lot of people that listen to this that are in, in that industry, in the network marketing industry, because obviously they need to learn how to use social media to attract more clients. And social media has just blown up the network marketing industry more than anyone could ever imagine so what got you into network marketing in the first place like what were you what did you do before that had you done other things like or it was just, a ridiculously you know common story right is i was broke i was hungry i was teachable you know my mom we'd drive around in the car and i'd listen to brian tracy and jim Rohn and Bar mark victor hansen she was an entrepreneur she had built a chain of health food stores throughout the states, Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, raised seven kids. So I had the entrepreneurial wow. gene, but I was also super dyslexic. I mean, like at a crazy level, you know, failed the fourth grade, switched schools, failed the fourth grade a second time. You know, you know, I, I just struggled in school. And so with traditional ways of learning. And so, you know, when I ran into network marketing for the first time, it was like, oh, okay. It's not about people's opinions. I don't have to fit into this mold. So it just made sense to me. And I did really, really well. I made millions and built an organization of hundreds of thousands of people. And so that was it. And you, so know, you were working in insurance network marketing. It was. It was it was a company called Legal Shield and they had insurance and identity theft products. And so oh, nice. That's where it's, I was. It's much for, more developed over in American network marketing, isn't it? I wouldn't say so, oddly enough. Um, yeah. It's developed in different ways. It's certainly older, right? In a lot of ways, a lot of very mature organizations. But I, I think globally now things are moving faster. The you know, Federal Trade Commission has put lots of restrictions in the states. And so yeah. it's, it's changing the model a little bit. But um but it's, they'll find you know, a way. They'll find a way yeah. to innovate, won't they? They'll find a way to innovate. They're like they're, they will. I always, I always That's say right. to anyone, you, like as much as uh, so many people. Here, it, I think in the UK, it's even more. It's more cynical than anywhere else, really, in terms of network marketing and the pyramid scheme and all of that. It's a scam. Well, it's just but, seen as like mums flogging beauty products to their friends. Yeah, on Facebook. Really, I would urge anyone to give it a go because. It's not even about even if you make money in in that industry. It's the things that you will learn just being in that, even if you just do it for like a, a year, 18 months or something, because you'll get hacks. You'll know more about how different things work because they're at the forefront of it. They're always looking at different ways that they can use social media. Different If there's a new feature coming out, they will know the first way to kind of hack using that to get the reach and things. So many things actually in, in Get Savvy Club, a lot of the things that we teach are things that I've actually learned along when I did network marketing for a short space of time because I picked up that thing there or 
or just have your brain working. I mean, I've always done sales type stuff before, but having your brain working in that kind of way. And we, we bring stuff across like the daily methods of operation, for example, you know, that kind of comes from um, part of the network marketing that I was in at the time. So yeah, it's great. That's it. I mean, it is so true. And, and the irony is today, like the average influencer, what do you think they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're taking revenue by hawking a product. You know, if you want to use dirty words, right? They're just hawking a product. Yeah. Some of them have more integrity than others. Some of them are true, truer to their purpose and their values yeah. as a human being and say, you know, Tim Ferriss, I bought my kids laugh at me like you didn't again. Like it's, there's something always being shipped because I heard it. But the one thing about them is, He's not going to sell anything he doesn't believe in. Like he's yeah. tried it, he's used it, he believes in it. He's not a sellout. Yeah. But that happens in network marketing. There are people that just want to make a fast buck and they're willing to sell their friends out to make a dollar. And then yeah. there are people that are truly passionate about the product and the services and post-COVID. And there's a lot of people that want to be independent. It's a great industry with some bad players. Yeah, like with yeah. all industries, it's the same, isn't it? You have that you have good and you have bad. And I think it's just you, it's highlighted massively in that particular industry, definitely. But yeah, it's, it can be a great industry. You just need to find the right one to to get involved in. And the more, if you can be passionate about whatever it is that you sell or whatever service it is and actually get behind it, then obviously it's going to be far more easy. And Anna, you're right, though. And it's a great learning environment. I mean, mm-hmm. man, there's so much to learn. Yeah. You know, and everyone's willing to help everyone at all different turns, which I found straight, or well, I found it strange because. I, I was doing recruitment for years and that is dog eat dog. Like no one cares about anyone with that. And it's, you know, only one candidate is going to get that job and there's only going to be one fee there. So you need to be left standing with your candidate at the end. You don't care about the candidate even. <laughs> you don't care about, no, I obviously cared about my candidates. My candidates, no, they went on to then become clients. So it's fine. But, you know, overall, there's only one fee that you can get. So it was very dog eat dog. It was, you know, high, do, doing what you can to make sure that you you get that, that placement. Then when I, I looked into doing... I went into the property world and the network marketing world at about the same sort of time. I was really weirded out because everyone was so nice and helpful. And what, and I was like, this is not what I'm used to. I'm used to people, you know, maybe being smiley to your face, but really they'd rather get the fee than, than you get the fee. So it's kind of what, what, you know, what's their agenda? But then I kind of realized, oh, okay. Think, you know, as Charlie Munger said, the Warren Buffett's kind of partner forever, he, he said that, the, you know, the number one driver of behaviors is incentives. And that is where the model has a lot of strengths is there's incentive to act properly, to mm. support each other, to help other people succeed, to have a servant kind of leadership mentality. Yeah. Um, and that's powerful. You know, it's got its own incestuous nature sometimes and, and breeds some bad things, Right. But but as a whole, it really drives the leadership to support properly. What's the future look like for your business and where do you want to take it? Where do you imagine it's going to be in, say, like the next 12 months, five years? We coined a term called authentic sharing technology. And by its very nature, the technology tends not to be authentic. Yeah. It's always people trying to be authentic, but hiding behind technology. And all the technology we build is to drive the behavior of the user. So we want the user of our platform to engage more on a very personal level, to use their own text messaging in their platform. We may pre-write the messages. It's really driving connection, personal relationship. 
And so we call it authentic sharing technology. And I think as the social media world gets noisier, you know, 5,000 impressions a day, the average person sees, mm-hmm. right? And, and we're starting to subconsciously know there's agenda and everything, yeah. We can almost smell it. We can sense it. We can feel it. I used yeah. to we, say, we always say that, don't we? What could you possibly message when you're about to connect with someone that won't look like you're trying to lead into Right. And, and I mean, I used to love LinkedIn. And the only people that reached out on LinkedIn <laughs> were people on LinkedIn who wanted to reach out with you. Now it's all bots and systems and yep. everybody's trying to be personal. And you can see it. The AI it's not going to be that good for another decade. I mean, I don't care how fast it moves. And even then, you're going to know this isn't a human being. Yeah. And and people can sense that. So yes. there's a place, you know, to use technology, but you can't circumvent the authenticity. But you also can't reach out to people and just get them to meet you for coffee on the first go around. You know, yeah. they're, they're, they're busy. We're all busier than we used to be. But authenticity Person-to-person connections cuts through all this noise. So if you can find a way to truly balance the technology, but put it behind the relationship, the relationship is paramount. It's first. If you can do that, and so I think we can change the world with that technology and get people to understand the importance of authentic communication, of one-on-one relationships. And the data that we gather is backing up that authenticity can cut through the noise. We got to get people to slow down and realize, you know what? I don't have to touch a thousand people. I can personally reach out to 15 and I can have the same impact as spending money on pay click to reach 15,000 people or 1,500 people that it cost me 50 cents a connection. And and I ended up with the same result. If I had just used real authenticity, been more organic I get a better yeah. result anyway. Because you, you don't get to know how many people you've annoyed. Like no one's going to really go, oh, that was really tacky that you did. I'm actually thinking of one person now that I know that's um, that's a coach in a similar sort of space to us. And uh, I don't really know her that well, but I've been reached out by, I know she's got a bit of a team behind her and various different people in her team have reached out to me in a different, in a different way. And it's so naff. I'm never going to say to her, do you know what that, it's really like naff actually, because I had this thing that was like this fake you pretending your voice note in me when it clearly wasn't because I re- returned very quickly. Hey, you actually voice note because I'd had a few like just like clearly like spam messages from other people pretending to be her before, like on just like you yeah. know, tech like message. So I thought, oh, it's actually, and I thought, I bet it's not. I bet it's like a recording. And sure enough, the person replied, but they didn't voice note all of a sudden. And then they were te- te- like uh, texting. I thought, well, hang on, I've just said how great it is that you're using your voice, and now you're answering me saying I'm really busy now, and I'll come back. And you, and I'm not going to ever say to her, oh, you, we probably need to look at that because I don't care because that's not. She's not a client of mine. She's not whatever. There's no incentive for me to do it. So how many people are you really pissing off by using all this automated stuff? When when you go and say, right, okay, I'm going to buy Sales Navigator and let this uh, digital marketing company just go and spam um, 1,000 of my contacts, they're not going to turn around and go, oh, I'm, I feel really dirty about you doing that. <laughs> they're not going to say that. They're just going to log it in their mind and it's, just move on. And, you know, customers yeah. are asking, they like, like, well, give me a text campaign. And I'm like, so... If I'm going to send a text and we're going to pre-write a campaign and we're going to send a text message based on a response they had automatically and their dog died and you talk to them two hours before on the phone and their dog died and now this automated text goes, 
Now, I said, I don't mind doing semi-automated where we say you should send this text next with this resource. Do you want to send it now? And I go, oh, shit, their dog died. I'm not going to send. No, no. Because yeah, you can right? see. Yeah. Yeah. That, that keeps the user. Now, if you're like, I'm too busy and I'm too important to say yes or no to send it. Okay, don't use our technology and keep doing your one-to-many thing. Yeah. Right? I like what, what I really liked like is that you talked that, about yeah. um, slowing down a bit. And actually, that's exactly what people need to do. Just concentrate on building a relationship with someone and then maybe talk about what you do. Don't just try and sell to people instantly. Slow it right down and take the pressure off. You get somebody messaging that they'll basically, they're offering what we do. And I just message back, you know what we do, right? And then like, of course, they don't because they're not a real person. They're just hired from... Or they've not taken the time to look. Yeah, or they've right. taken it and they're like, sure. And then I've gone, well, you'll know that I do like the same as that person, but better. And then, then they're like getting flustered. And then, oh, sometimes they just go, do you still want the thing? I'm going, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll look at it for research. Like and you just kind of have that playing with them. But See, it's just overall like... And you, you know, know what else is... Yeah. We don't realize how we're being used in these relationships either. People think that... Facebook and YouTube are free. They're not free. They're stealing all of your data. So you build yeah. a relationship with somebody, like you, 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 you push this out to a large group. You do connect with somebody maybe on a personal level. You're hitting them up on Messenger. You think Facebook isn't tracking all of the keywords in that message, in that private message, and then they're selling advertising to the prospect that you generated an interest in with whatever your products or services are, they're selling advertising to your competitor to compete against you in the person that you generated interest in. And then you wonder, well, why aren't they interested? They were so interested a week ago and now they're out. Well, they bought somebody else's product. Yeah, because their marketing was better than yours and Facebook sold them advertising. Because right? that's exactly what happened to me very, very recently is, um, well, I asked um, somebody about this this Forex thing. So I don't do, I'm not, you know, I don't trade or anything like that, but I just asked about, I said, oh, what, what's that then about? Then I obviously used the word Forex in there. And then now, <laughs> I swear to God, my YouTube is just the same bloke, Greg, his name is. <laughs> Every time I go on YouTube, it's his adverts, his adverts. He must spend like multiple thousands and thousands of like dollars a month like um i don't even know a week on his on his youtube for all my all my adverts now on youtube are this guy trying to sell me forex trading it becomes like, um, tedious education. though doesn't it mm. because it's just too transparent now as well it was clever but now it's just oh tedious. what about this one what about this one right my ex has just bought a new bu- motorbike so obviously uh, he's not long past his um motorcycle test so i've mentioned it in passing and I think, like, obviously, he must have, like, messaged me to say that he did, pa- like, passed the test or whatever. And in my, like, feed now, I actually had, like, something about motorbikes. I thought, that's ridiculous. I'm not interested in motorbikes. But it's just because of that. Yeah. So, it's, uh, yeah, we're all we're being watched all the time. It's, it's a crazy world we live in, that's for sure. Yeah. Mm. So, how many, like, customers do you have? How many clients do you have? Uh, we've got hundreds of thousands of downloads. We have about over, just over 100 clients. Yeah. So, a client represents you know, potentially tens of thousands of users, right? Yeah. Um, which is what our larger accounts are. And then we have smaller accounts that may be, you know, 200 individual users. You know, they have to have larger numbers because when we build out the platform for that leader or that enterprise, there have to be enough people to justify, you know, a setup with that leader or that company. Because if you only have 10 people, yes. 
it's just as much work as us setting it up for 10,000. Yeah. 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 I mean, but it that- must be exciting to be at the forefront of changing how things are done. It is. I mean, it's just, it's a lot of fun on a daily yeah. basis to do something that I think can really have an impact and help people more effectively, you know, especially when you find good organizations with great products and passionate people, Yeah. right? And then you're really helping that individual user succeed because whether it's insurance or mortgage or notary or network marketing, what a lot of people say to themselves isn't, do I like your product? Okay. Yeah. Do I like the people? Yeah. Do I think I could, you know, does this comp plan work? Sure. But what they're really saying to themselves is, can I do what you did to me, to my friends, family, neighbors? Can I, and everybody's promising in network marketing today. You don't have to talk to anybody. You don't have to talk to your friends, family, neighbor, All you got to do is click these buttons and do this thing and make a lot of money. It's just a lie. I mean, there's no truth to that. If it were digital marketing, then what do you need a network marketing organization for? Yeah. You don't. Just be a one guy could be a digital marketer, spend a bunch of money and sell the product direct via digital marketing. That is all a lie. And there's too many people in network marketing today that are sitting behind social without any data. Like they think they're working because they're posting stuff to Facebook. Yeah. And they have a thousand followers and they don't understand Facebook only showed that marketing message to 20 of the thousand. And you have no data around who saw it, how many people clicked on the video, how many minutes they watched, what was the play rate, the engagement rate, the open rate, the opt-in rate. You don't know any of this. Whereas in our world, we're saying, look, we'll get you all that data and nobody else will have access to it. Mm. And you'll actually be able to identify your lead measure. You know, I'm reading a book called right now, and I'm not completely deep into it, but it was well referred, but it's called The One Thing. Uh, Uh Gary Keller, I think, is the author. It's something we definitely believe in at Rapid Funnel because in networking, you need to talk to people and you need to follow up. And as a leader, you need to teach those two things. If everybody talks to more people and they follow up more effectively and you can teach those two things, that is the lead measure. That's the one thing. And, yeah. you know, Anna, Anita, you, you guys can all relate to this. You know, a lot of times you've, you've put a whole to-do list together and you get through 80% of the to-do list. But the most important 20% were the ones that had the highest payoff return. You didn't get those done. And it's not as fulfilling. But I've had to-do lists, you know, that I've created that were really long. And then I've, I've done the most important thing, like the one or two things out of the whole list. And I almost felt like, hey, my day's good. I can yeah. take the rest of the day off because I got these two things. And we get lost in the 5,000 impressions and people with agendas yeah. trying to get us to do stuff and grab our attention yeah. and pull us away from doing what really matters. And so anyway, it's just fun to help people get back to the root of what success really is. Yeah, all to the about. income generating tasks, not That's the stuff right. that you enjoy doing. And that it's the equivalent of when you used to work in an office. Uh, my desk is always a mess in an office, by the way. But the people that had those tidy, perfect offices, I used to think, are you faffing with your pieces of paper and stuff like that? Instead of like just Pick the phone. Sometimes I used to unplug the phone so that just and then so to see when people actually noticed if the phone, like when the phones were unplugged. Because you must have been yeah, a joy to work I was with. Horrible to work with. Well, I was fun. I was fun. It was fun. Yeah. Unless 
Fun for I didn't you. like you. Then it probably wasn't as fun. Uh, you know, if you worked and you were on board with the mission, then fine. If not, if you were lazy ass, then probably it wouldn't have been nice to to work to work with me. <laughs> I was a bit marmitey, put it that way. I guess people would say they either loved working with me or hated working with me, but no in between, no in between, definitely. But I, I love so could this just be plugged in for just salespeople then? So you just got a whole bunch of salespeople that you want to do a similar thing to what you do. They they can do that as well. Yeah, any enterprise that has a lot of people that are in the field, they wouldn't be behind mm. a desk in an office, right? Mm. We're a mobile first strategy. We have a back end dashboard, but but really we're we're geared towards prospecting and follow up. So people mm. that sell a product where in their lives they live in a world whether it's social or face-to-face or person-to-person where that product could be sold or marketed. That's our sweet spot. You're right. Always do the hard things first that are on your to-do list. Then you do feel like you're properly accomplished. So two questions we always ask all of our guests. And the first one is, what makes you savvy? Because we're the Get Savvy Club. My bias to action. I have no fear of failure you know, for the most part, like I'm just going to fail forward and I'm just going to execute more consistently than most people are. And and I just believe that things will fall together, right? They'll come mm-hmm. together if I just continue to execute consistently and relentlessly. And so I think that's what makes me savvy. I don't have yeah. any special gifts except that I'm just relentless. And I was excited. My daughter um, is in her second year of college and and Carol Dweck is one of the professors or whatever they call it there. And and you have to apply to get into her class. And my daughter was writing this thing. And, and I think your next question is about a book. So I'll tell mm-hmm. you, Mindset by Carol Dweck is one of the single best books I've ever read. And I read it a long time ago. It was a seminal piece of work because so many books have been followed it. Like, I mean, there's a hundred books written off the work yeah. that Dweck did about a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Mm. And, and my and my daughter just exemplified it. I mean, she is just a superstar. But but she spoke at her high school commencement speech, and she just said, "Look, I was never the smartest person in the room. You know, I was never the best athlete, but I always believed I would go in and I'd work harder than everybody else." You know, so yeah. I'm a little teary eyed, but. Yeah, and funnily enough, you know, if you're yeah. unafraid to fail and you just keep trying, funnily enough, yeah. success does come, doesn't it? Yeah. And nothing can touch you then either. If you really don't mind, like yeah, I don't mind if you don't know something, you just ask and then you just work it out and then you can just, and yeah, you're right. Showing up and people, that is, it sounds so simple to do, but so many people don't do it. Don't they? they just keep turning yeah. up. And you're, you're not ever like, going to like completely be out of the game if you never quit. So, and you just keep it's, that's, rocking it's up. It's the Stoics, Amor Fate, mm. just the love of fate. You know, there've mm, been yeah. conversations with my wife I have because in business as entrepreneurs, you go up and down, you take risk, you get, you can get, go through windows where you're pretty leveraged and different things can happen. And, you know, we, we I'd always remind, we'd talk about it and I'd say, look, honey, you know, the reality is, so you cancel your country club membership. We move into a small house and we like, we're all good. Like we're yeah, bulletproof. Yeah. Like yeah. we've done well enough that, we'll you know what? We have food on the table. We have the love of family and we have, like, you don't ever have to worry about any of that stuff, you know? Yeah. So does your wife work in the business with you or do something completely different? She does. She, you know, she's focused on the kids, which has been awesome. And she helps me with a ton of things. She actually went to 
Oxford, uh, spent a year at Oxford and oh. you graduate, went to University of San Francisco, but spent a year at Oxford and, and got an English major and, and just, and so she does a lot of writing and yeah. she makes sure I don't look like a complete buffoon when I write anything. <laughs> so she does a lot of things to support the business. Yeah. So the second question, which you may have already answered is to recommend a book. So is it Mindset by Carol? Is it, what can yeah. you say? It's Mindset by Carol Dweck. It's just, a, yeah. it's really, I mean, I could go on and on. There's so many books and, you know, over the years. But you haven't so. written one yet. No, um, we were talking about it. So yeah. I just, you know, I got too much to do to write it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not easy. But I'll get there at some point. We're in the process of doing hours and it's not easy. Yeah, hating it. Oh, hating it every time. But I just think, oh, well, it will be done soon, soon enough. It will be done. And then we don't have to worry about it. If, if um, our listeners want to find out more about you and your business, where would you suggest that they go to? Yeah, you know, I think they can go to LinkedIn and I, I'm reasonable about checking it. Um, Patrick Shaw at Rapid Funnel. You can just type that in and you can find me on LinkedIn and then, I think that's probably the best way, I guess. I, I should I should have a plan for that on these podcasts. But, yeah. but uh, A strong work. call to action. Get a strong call to action. Yes, yeah, exactly. That, that's a strong enough one. We, we teach most of our, our people to get their asses on LinkedIn. So if you're listening to this, you probably should already have a LinkedIn account because we always go on about it. So they should be able to find you on there, yeah. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review, and subscribe. Awesome. So, yeah, what... <laughs> What an interesting guy and uh, what a phenomenal thing he's doing to like actually also have a tech company without being a techie. Cool, blows my mind. He's so right in that something, we've been saying it for ages, haven't we? Something's got to change because just, you know, relying on Facebook and social media that you don't own, they're in control of it, you know, and it's Facebook is it's so hard to get any kind of traction on there now. Um, so something else has to come. And I know his is just quite specialist, but who knows what will spawn from that and give other people opportunities to get in front of people without having to just you know, keep posting on Facebook yeah. and go, oh, three people because saw my post today. Just, Anna. Yeah, like, like he did make a good point when he said about like, if you've got a thousand people on your Facebook and you put a post out, honestly, hardly anyone's going to see that now. So if you're plugging away at Facebook and you're thinking there's something wrong with and you. And they've got no control and you've yeah. even got no visibility of who you yeah. know you might see three views but often that's wrong isn't three? it because I know like often it'll say zero views and I'll think well I know Anna's looked at it because she yeah. mentioned it to me so it's not even accurate is it unless they keep like commenting on it um, you can't see see those people out there that are watching your stuff but not to say that you shouldn't use Facebook because you totally still should because people will look at you there and have a look and see what you had posted before so just think of it more still turn up there but think of it more of actually people are just going to go brochure. around like yeah browse later they might not probably be there real real time so don't worry and about um that. and get on linkedin do you know what i've written down because he was american and spoke quite fast patrick rabbit funnel <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah but it's rapid it's isn't it? rapid yes rap <laughs> that's probably why it speaks fast rapid funnel I and you know rabbit funnel yeah so if you screenshot this tag it on social media somewhere you might be in with a shout of winning that book i've never heard of that one that's one i've not heard of no have you I'm heard of it, it nope yeah, it sounds like an old one if it's spawned. I keep using that word, didn't I? What's wrong spawned. with me? Spawned. Spawned. <laughs> um, all the other ones that came from. I just think of frog spawn when people say that. I just think tab, of devil's tab, devil, spawn of the devil. Yeah, I think of tadpoles. Yeah. <laughs> Shows how our minds work. <laughs> tadpoles and frogs. A question for this week. We might as well answer the classic question about, because sh- actually, this is what Patrick's kind of going on about is should I direct message someone? like oh, what yeah. to connect with them and what shall i write in my direct messages when i send a connection request yeah and we say don't because nothing yeah because you can't 
it'll come across as spammy it'll come across you've got an agenda it won't unless you genuinely know if you genuinely know them you're like oh my god i just saw you on here remember when we went to hi were together? you to this networking group together, <laughs> yeah. remember me remember when we went hooters <laughs> or whatever <laughs> Um, <laughs> <my left> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no, I remember the right one. Yeah. So or, or what or whatever. Then it's fine. Or we met at so and so's wedding. Or oh, I like we're going to this convention. We're going to this place in San Diego. Traffic conversions convention. Then by all means send a message because it makes sense. But just to sort of be like, hey, you look like my ideal client. Let's. Or Let's hi, how are you? Or during hi. COVID, hi, how are you in these unprecedented times? Oh, I hated that. Oh no! Or when they when they lead like they know that you're struggling with something, like oh, I know you're busy. Not busy, actually. Having a bath. Do you know what I mean? Like that kind or of like hi, just assuming how, like what your business sounds really great. What made you decide to set it up? And you just yeah. know they're trying to sell yeah. to you. What are you struggling with right now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, tag us in about, you know, social media if you've got any questions or if you want to win this book, whatever you want. We're happy to connect and chat and we'll see you all soon. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. That was Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, connect with us on social media. Just search Get Savvy Club.